Welcome back to Restless. It's time to get restless here in Stanford, Connecticut, coming to you right out of the teacher's break room in Cardinal Kung Academy. That's <laughs> where we record these days. I'm Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you have joined Lauren, Diane, and Joe as together we restlessly seek the face of Christ in today's crazy and mixed up world. And one great way to help us keep Christ first and foremost is through sacramentals, through sacramentals. So things like rosary, scapular, um, crucifixes, other objects that help us keep in mind that Christ is real. I just want to know, like, what sacramentals have been meaningful to you in your life? I mean, definitely the rosary. I have a devotion to it. I wear a miraculous medal. I wear St. Benedict bracelets. And, um, yeah. Okay. Well, sometimes I wear, uh, like right now, I'm wearing a shirt that's pro-life. It's got, remember, the unborn on the back. So I like nice. to wear that in public. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Do you have a particular rosary that you've like had since childhood or something? No, I tend to lose them. Okay. So, yeah, I guess it's not do, like a The actual rule. rosaries change that you they use. Do. Okay. Yeah. I get very attached to my rosary. I don't know if you guys do. Yeah. I lose them so often. So. <laughs> That's why I've had you bless like five. <laughs> do, you, do you just do the cheap plastic ones or do you have like a no, heavy duty? I buy them or... on Amazon. They're like $10, but they look nice. Oh, all right. All right. I, I don't think I've ever, I think people just give me rosaries. I don't know that I've ever really bought one, but I do get attached to my rosaries. Badly. This rosary that I'm, you have right now, which I'm going to pull out, which you can't see because this is on radio, <laughs> it's missing a bead. Uh, and I'm like, oh man, I got to remember to pray an extra Hail Mary, but still not going to get a new one. Yeah, I have a blue plastic one that I keep in my car that I think was my grandma's. So it always makes me think of her and then also Mary because it's a light blue. And then I have a St. Joseph's, like the pocket decade hmm. from Veritas Catholic Network from volunteering <laughs> so i keep Shout that out. in my bag and so that reminds me of saint joseph right so i feel like i have joseph and mary and then when i was in the holy land i bought one that i thought was like from stones from the holy land but i think it's really just pl plastic the one that i picked oh, no. <laughs> um, light pink and light blue i just thought it was so pretty and i love it so nice and that that's been laid on the, the stone where jesus's body was laid after he was crucified that's cool so, yeah. That you're you're wearing something. a cross right now, too. Oh, yeah. And then I have my cross, which um, this was a gift from my mom when I was in high school because I didn't have a cross that was like a prominent cross. I did have um, one. I had like a locket cross and like another kind of curvy cross like from ants from growing up. But I wanted like a prominent silver cross. So I eventually got this. And then I've been... I had this whole conversion, I think, of courage because when I first started wearing it, I felt uncomfortable. And I've shared this before, actually, like at work in my corporate job, like, oh, man, people are going to see me wearing a cross and they'll know I'm Christian. And I feel like that will make them uncomfortable to know that I'm Christian, which is kind of a backwards thought, I guess. I don't know. Um, so I'm like, no, that means I need to wear this because it makes me uncomfortable to wear it and I should not be uncomfortable. Um, so now I just wear it every day. I used to wear a heart like for probably 10 years. I wore a heart. <laughs> That I bought myself. <laughs> my mom also, that was funny. You brought yourself a heart? I'm like, well, who else is going to buy it for me? I liked it, you know? But uh, yeah, now I wear the cross. And then there are some moments like where we're at Faith on Tap and I'll look around the room and I'm like, I don't see a cross in this room. So good thing I'm wearing one. Has anyone ever commented or made? Oh, yeah. People tell me that it's pretty or whatever. There you it's go. It's nice. Yeah. And I know you wear your miraculous medal, Diane, but I think there's something about like the cross being visible, you know? So now it, it's just something that I kind of look for wherever I am. And yeah. So I'm happy to like represent, I guess. Oh, and now represent. this too, from that um, 
exposition that came with 150 relics that came through our area recently, uh, Stanford, Westport area. And so this cross and then the two rosaries I mentioned have touched the um, cross of Jesus and Mary's veil and a bunch of other relics in the room. So now I have third class relics. That's awesome. Nice. That I have. Nice. So that means something to me for sure. <laughs> yeah, I um I wear a brown scapular right under my clothes, and then um I have a particular devotion to Pope Saint Pius X, and if I can get it out, which doesn't really matter to the listeners, but <laughs> um the pardon crucifix, right? So um this is commissioned by Pope Saint. Well, actually, it was it was approved by Pope Saint Pius X. Um, it has the the um, I think it's from John's Gospel, Jesus Nazareth, Rector Deorum, the the uh, I think it's the Hebrew that was hung among the, our Lord's cross, and then um, it has it's actually Latin, I N R I, whatever yeah. language it is, it's but. there. Um, <laughs> it has the Sacred Heart in the middle of the cross, and then um, Father, forgive them and behold this heart which has loved men so much. So sort of mercy and love intersecting with the Blessed Heart, with the uh, Sacred Heart. Oh, very nice. And then um, a miraculous medal, a Saint Benedict's medal, and some other little things. So yeah, so I'm I just have a devotion to Pope Saint Pius X. I think he's an interesting Pope. Mm. Um, he's called he's called Pope of the Blessed Sacrament, and I love the Eucharist, right? So um, I love the Pope <laughs> who love the Eucharist. Um, so I wear that. Nice. Um, and, and of course the Rosary. I have I, I have two Rosaries from Rugged Rosary, from which this crucifix also comes. Um, and Those they're are nice. indestructible. Yeah, the, rugged I, I rosaries like paracord. Yeah, rosaries, stupid like. me didn't think I've seen paracord before, but in my mind I didn't realize how big these rosaries would be. But they're huge. huge. I mean, they're like I'm gesturing, but uh, for you three, you can see how big I'm trying to say that they are. Um, <laughs> like a basketball or yeah. a watermelon. <laughs> yeah, something like that. that. Uh, they are nice though. So they they have they serve their purpose. There are some smaller ones for more discreet but you, use. But. You told me though earlier today mm-hmm. that that you have ro- that you have scapulars that are perfectly good that you're going to burn because they're they're dirty or worn out. Well, I mean, I have scapulars that I've like, you know, sweated in and like have gotten all like old and yeah, like I don't know. I I mean, you, would you I, would, would you would you wear a chasuble that was all like frayed and brown and aging, or would you get a new one? Well, okay, <laughs> <laughs> a chasuble everyone else sees. My scapular only I see, but I I get very attached to my scapular. Just I'm, like your rosary. Just like my rosary. I I've had the same same scapular for probably at least ten years, if not longer. Father Joseph, this could be an opportunity to practice detachment. Yeah. I, I don't. I'm not saying I go through one a week. I mean, I probably wore the last one for you know probably about a year. But I mean, how long do you think a scapula? I have some I've actually broken. Like this, this. I have two. And I used to tie them back together. I did that once. Then I realized that I can afford scapulars, and so I just <laughs> bought a new scapular. <laughs> I'm a cheapskate. So yeah. you wear it every day, no matter what you're doing. Yes, not to shower, but okay. So but, playing sports too. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, it gets okay. really sweaty and gross. Here's a question for you about the scapula, though. So it's meant to be an, an internal sign of devotion, right? So, I mean, if I'm wearing a thin white t-shirt or something like that, where it would be visible through the t-shirt, I won't wear it because I feel like that sort of runs against the intention of the scapular. Do you think that's the right approach to take? Definitely not. No? No, because okay. I, can, I can't tell you how often as a teenager, when I would take off my shirt to go swimming with my Boy Scout buddies, they'd be like, what's that? And that was like a huge door opening. I was like, well, as a matter of fact, sit down, let me tell you what that is. And I'll never forget, there's one Protestant kid named Jake, uh, Jake Spittler, and uh he was like like the troublemaker in the troop, just like, and he always rubbed me the wrong way. We, like we never got along, like oil and water. And one day he saw me with the scapula and he's like, what's that? And, like, and I kind of explained, it's like, well, you know, it's a symbol of my devotion to Mary. And I believe that, you know, uh, there's this beautiful scapular promise that if you're faithful to praying the rosary and everything, you go to heaven. He's like, can you get me like a couple of those? I'd like to wear one. I'm like what? <laughs> so I did, I got him one. And I don't know if he ever wore it or not, but I was like, that's a total invitation, you know, to have a conversation with someone that, you ordinarily wouldn't get to have. All right, fair enough. That's my view. I don't know. Because yeah. as you said... Where did this come from, the scapular? Ah, 
that's a very misunderstood sacramental because it is. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people wear these things and think like, let me put this on and then I'm going straight to heaven and that's all, that's all I got to do. Yeah. So yeah, that one in particular Yeah. has a lot more of a complicated backstory. So Simon Stock was this, this Carmelite in the 1200s and the Carmelite order had kind of like, um, just really kind of become very chaotic. Like there were some people who really wanted to live at hardcore and some people who just wanted to be totally lax and just joined it because it was easy. You know, you had three square meals a day and a place to live back in the 1200s. It was kind of a big deal. So Simon Stock was thinking about leaving the order because he's like, you know, I want to find holiness. I want to find the truth. And he had this vision. And in the vision, Mary said to him, if you die wearing the scapula, the scapula is part of the Carmelite habit. It's this big, long piece of cloth that's like probably 12 feet long with a hole in the center. It kind of goes in front of you and behind you. It's really kind of like your apron for when you're doing work to keep your habit clean. So Mary said, when you, if you die in this scapular, in other words, if you stay faithful to your Carmelite vocation, you will go to heaven. You know, whoever dies wearing the scapular will not suffer eternal fire. So more and more people started getting involved in these and getting connected to these religious communities in ways called third orders. So you had third order Franciscans, third order Dominicans. It was a way for lay people to participate in some of the spiritual benefits and some of the spiritual practices while still living a secular life and getting married and you know, having kids and everything. And so as these third order Carmelites came around, they were like, we also would like a scapular. And they said, well, it's not practical to have this giant piece of cloth over your clothes. So we'll give you this very small piece of brown cloth that you wear over your neck. But in order to re- receive the benefits of that, you also need to, A, be a member of the Third Order Carmelites, which is why you have to get invested by a priest to really, you're saying that I'm, I'm belonging to Our Lady of Mount Carmel. B, uh, pray the rosary every day which is kind of, that was kind of like the, the shorter thing that the, the lay people had to do to participate in the spiritual benefits of Carmelites, and C, practice chastity according to your state in life. Okay. So it's not as easy as just wearing a scapular and going to heaven. It's wearing a scapular and being faithful to all these promises that the Carmelites took in order to grow in holiness. So as a priest, you're not a third order, right? I'm not. I wear one as, as a symbol of my devotion to Our Lady. Okay. But I do pray the rosary and practice chastity according to my state in life. So, you know. so in a sense, it's not like doing anything extra for you because you are already living this life of faith. But maybe for lay people, it's like a good reminder. I think it's a reminder. Yeah. Because does it ever poke you? Is that to say, I, it can be inconvenient, right? Especially um, if you wear it while exercising, it gets all twisted up. But it can, like you just saw me try to get extricate my crucifix from it. So it can be, it can be a bit of a bother, but it, it does then sort of therefore remind me that I'm wearing it and why I'm wearing it. Why I'm wearing it. Um, I, I, I learned recently that there are other color um, scapulars which sort of are for different things. And I, am I correct to say that the brown, that the brown scapular is in part about chastity? Um, or am I completely wrong in saying that? Yeah, I think so. But I know you just but, said that it has all those orders. You know, but those. connected to the Carmelite, yeah. Yeah. So that's also, I think, a good sort of reminder, right? Because you, you kind of feel it and um, like it, it, it tends to ride up. Like it kind of pokes up from above my shirt sometimes. I have to like readjust it, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, I think, a good memory of why we do these things. Okay, I'm starting to wonder about the people that wear it and then they take it off and then they wear it again. But no one's perfect, I guess. What do you mean? Oh, like I just know some people where it's like they'll wear it like a day or two and then they're not wearing it and then they're wearing it again. So like they're choosing on specific days to wear it. Or maybe they just forget. Another day's not. Well, you would sleep in it, I imagine, right? I sleep in mine. 
I don't typically sleep. My eye oh, I, have, I have a cross that I wear when I sleep because if it fall, I'm like I'm a sort of a full contact sleeper, and I'm afraid <laughs> it's gonna get lost in my bed or something like that. You know, <laughs> and to toss and turn a lot, so I'm afraid I'm gonna rip it or like lose it, and then you know. Well, the cross is it a chain? No, yeah. it's like a like a cheap little wooden cross with like a solid piece of string. That I would still be afraid of choking myself <laughs> in my sleep. Then. Form of martyrdom, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> if I die because I'm choked by a cross, I think that's just fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he died from embracing his cross. <laughs> I also Being remember embraced by my cross. Um, at least one student at Cardinal Kong wore his scapular at basketball practice, and it struck me, you know, for like a junior in high school to be wearing it. I know there's a lot of excellent students at this school, but I was a new teacher, and I was like, oh, wow, look at that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wore mine in high school, and I think once or twice somebody asked me in the locker room what it was because I would see it, when I took my shirt off, they'd see it. So, I don't know, so internal sign of devotion until it's external, I suppose. But in those moments, it can be a good tool for evangelization, I guess. Yeah, I mean, my dad in his office would have you know little crucifixes, you know, and and he said that people would be able to come to him and say, "Hey, can you pray for me?" Because they knew he was Christian, they knew he was a prayerful man, mm-hmm. and he didn't have to speak it because the crucifix said everything. And, yeah, the cool thing about COVID, too, is I put a big crucifix on the back wall. We have a lot of video meets, so put that back there. However, um, people have commented more on the pencil sharpener than the than the crucifix in the background. What kind of a pencil sharpener do you have? It's a really <laughs> old one. It's got to be like the best it's pencil like, sharpener. No, it's like, it's like from the 70s. So everyone's like, oh, it's so retro. And I'm like, okay, like, like well. A, like a crank or like one of the block ones? It's it's a block one, but nice. it's like it's super old. And so, um, so yeah. The fact that you actually know which t- <laughs> there are different types. <laughs> Look good maybe, for you, maybe Diane. one day. Yeah, no, exactly. I kind of move my head whenever I'm blocking it and like take a look. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I've thought about that. Like I have a little uh, card with one of the Psalms and I'm like, I could frame that and I could put it at my desk at work. But I'm like, do I want to do that? Yes, you do. You know, I was like, yes, you do. I don't know. But, uh, you know, yeah, really it's cool. in my room now and I like it where it is, but... The cool thing, too, is we share our screens a lot to kind of walk through work papers and everything. And I, I don't have it now because I did get a new laptop. I need to d- redo it. But the background screen um, for my computer is uh, the, was the Divine Mercy image. So, okay. yeah, so I would purposely kind of just, like, you know, close all the tabs and like, look, look what's here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You're like inviting people to ask. I get so excited about where, like, when, like, any opportunity to wear something where someone's going to ask. Like, right now, I'm wearing this pro life t shirt. Um, Remember the unborn. So, I would just, I would kind of, when my hair was super long, I'd put in a bun so that I wouldn't be, you know, blocking (laughs) the words. Um, And I did get, you know, stopped at the grocery store. And um, I remember I would wear it to the gym on the treadmills because there were a row of of ellipticals behind me. So you just never know. Like, (laughs) I think it's awesome to, you know. Well, I think it's encouraging because even if if I see somebody else, then I'm like, I'm not alone. Yep. Mm. You know, there's other people here that have faith. Yeah, exactly. And it's so awesome to like be inviting someone to start a conversation with you about the faith. Like I thought it was so cool when that woman at the grocery store like stopped me and was like, I love your t-shirt, you know? And so it's an opportunity to evangelize and if nothing else, to love another person. I remember, Joe, you gave me a bumper sticker. Yes. It says, Viva Cristo Rey, long live Christ the King. Yeah. I have seen that on your car. Yeah. This is the slogan from San Jose Sanchez de Rio. Yes, from our last episode. Yes. On uh, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I martyrdom and suffering is the word. Martyrdom, for right? Yeah. Word like, thank you. I could <laughs> on something about him. Yeah, yeah. I um, I gave that to you, and then I intended to put one on my car, and then I realized that um, it was a, a, because I couldn't I couldn't find a magnet, and I was like, ah, paint job. I'm get, I'll get yelled at if I put this on my car. So I never did, unfortunately. But I have the stickers in my room. I'll put on something else. My laptop, maybe. My car resale value has just gone down now. Yeah, there's a sticker, but yeah. But 
It may have gotten me out of a few tickets. I don't know. The collar may have done that, no? That works too. <laughs> that works too. Which is actually an interesting sacramental, you know, to yeah. wear the collar out. And mm-hmm. I know some priests feel uncomfortable doing it, but I try to wear it as much as I can. And I can't say that, you know, maybe some priests get like people coming up and asking for confession. That doesn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. But maybe people, you know, will think twice about cursing or you know, doing something bad. I don't know. Do you think that when you wear your clerics in the world doing normal things, it reminds people that priests are normal people? And that's therefore sort of a witness in itself? It could be. Yeah, it could be. But I'm, you know, I'm just not afraid to wear it. It's like, no. you know, some, some priests are kind of, especially after the scandals and everything, they're like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to be seen as a priest in public, but why not? I'm not afraid. So now all these sacramentals are, are great and they're wonderful, but it can be a possibility to use these sacramentals in a um, superstitious manner. You know, to kind of say, well, I'm going to put stock in this scapula or this holy water or whatever, and that's going to save me from this or that. I remember one time as a priest, this lady comes in. I was at all Spanish-speaking parish, and like she had to have her six-year-old translate for me. She comes in with this five-gallon bucket, and she's like, can I have some holy water? I'm like, man, that's a lot of holy water. Five <laughs> gallons of holy water? So I asked her, you know, through the daughter, I was like, what are you going to do with it? And she said, I'm going to give my kids baths in the holy water. <laughs> I said, do you go to church? Oh, no, Padre, no. <laughs> I was like, then your holy water is not going to help you. <laughs> so, I mean, how do we avoid becoming superstitious about these, these uh, super, the sacramentals? I don't know about that one. I, I don't really understand it, um, I guess, because I'm sort of the opposite. Like, a lot of times, even when I'm praying the rosary, well, I do it in the car on my commute and I use hello a lot of the time because there's like peaceful Great piano music. And then I also zone out, which isn't good, but I, I don't know. I like to use the <laughs> app. So I don't actually hold the beads, you know, like I, I don't oh, nice. really. And then I, I recall at the exhibition, I came with the 150 relics um, hearing that there were some women at the St. John's one, which is not surprising who were like so devoted, right? Like, on their knees as they go up and like spending so much time with these relics, even though there's like a big long line or something. And it's like, I don't have that kind of devotion, you know, like I went up, I like knelt before the cross and I touched it. I don't know. Am I like missing faith? Like I can understand it's something to give reverence to, but that's about it. Like then you move on. I don't know. Well, I think maybe too that it's, uh, should we give a definition of sacramentals according to the catechism? Go for I actually, it. I, I didn't, uh, when, you know, you sent you... out the questions of this podcast. Um, I was like, yeah, what, what are sacramentals, honestly? And so, um, so maybe it's sort of a misunderstanding of what they actually are and what they do. So the catechism says that they do not confer the grace of the Holy Spirit in the way that the sacraments do, but by the church's prayer, they prepare us to receive grace and dispose us to cooperate with it. So... I mean, they're not like a magic pill or something, you know, like they don't actually confer grace, but they, I guess, prepare us to receive and dispose us to cooperate with that grace. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think probably the the risk is treating them like a totem, right? So it's not like I have this sacramental and I get something because I have it, like you said before about the scapular. But I do think that they can be, you know, really efficacious tools for growing in holiness. And like maybe a, the best example is the rosary itself, right? Like it occurred to me the, the other night when I was praying the rosary that, 
like oftentimes I get very fidgety and I'm constantly checking to see which beat I'm on. But I, st I started just sort of looking at the crucifix while I prayed the rosary. And I found myself not looking down and only navigating the rosary based on the touch of the actual rosary. I think in that case, the actual physical rosary can help you sort of not have to count how many Hail Marys you've done, where you are, but just sort of trust it and, and use it to let you focus on Our Lady and Our Lord. And I think in that sort of way, they can be really, really useful tools, but not when it's like, well, I have this medal to this saint, so I'll never have to have this problem, or this will be problem will be solved because I have this devotion to this saint. Like, that's not how, you know, they're, they're not like coins for a divine vending machine, right? Like, I think that's, that's the important distinction. Right, right. And relics, too, can be a source of superstition, I believe, in, in many ways. Um, you know, it I had a church history professor who would always say, if it ain't true, it ought to be. And that's how I feel about a lot of relics because, I mean, who knows if this is really the Blessed Virgin Mary's veil. That one seems a little far-fetched. It was like the me. tiniest piece. I was looking in there. I'm like, where is it? Like, <laughs> I can't even tell. But apparently it's her veil. Okay. Know. I don't know. In, in Rome, they claim to have uh, a vial of the Blessed Mother's breast milk and also a vial of the darkness that how covered Egypt. How would they have that? I mean... <laughs> right? You know, That's a valid question. At one point in, in European history, it became a way for monarchs to one-up each other to collect the, 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 the most relics and have the, the biggest collection of relics. And you have to assume, right, some of them were just like, this is the wood from the cross of Jesus, right? I mean, like, you know, we can't, we can't verify every one of these. That one's authentic. Oh, no, I'm sure that one is. I'm just, some I'm just of saying them that, are. Okay. Some of them are. Like, I wonder, if you, I wonder if, you, if you counted up every nail of Jesus' cross that somebody thinks they have. Well, right? like, would it be... I know in Rome they have three heads of John the Baptist. Yeah, so you could, you could consider that to Somebody be a needs problem. An audit. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Including one when he was twelve years old. I'm not sure how he grew a new one after the, after that one was collected. Yeah. yeah, but the other thing too with you know seeing all the relics, it, it's like the tiniest little piece of flesh or bone. So it's like okay, you know, it's like I don't know. But but I think that's that's kind of the whole point is that it makes us feel close to the saint. So whether, whether whether or not it was actually scientifically verifiable, historically verifiable, is actually coming from the saint, it reminds me of the saint's presence. It reminds me of the presence of her blessed mother, which is why we don't use it superstitiously, but leading us to faith. You know, because whether I mean, I have I only have three. Well, I had two three relics, and one got stolen. My relic of Saint John Vianney, a homeless woman, stole my coat, and it was in there. Aww. So I pray that she is blessed by it, you know, whatever happens. Did you file a police report for that or something? No. 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 So she was how did she you needed get your relics? Uh, St. Gianni was actually at his house in Ars in France, and I was just kind of feeling around, like looking for a like, loose piece of wood, and I found one. So it's a, <laughs> it's a piece of Gianni's house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might as well. <laughs> so that would be a second class? That'd be a second class relic, yeah. Yeah, and so that I can authenticate and say that was that was legit. Um, the other two were pieces of bone from Mother Seton and from St. John Bosco, which uh, I got from other people. But those were also within the last 200 years, so probably mm -hmm. probably pretty realistic. Mm -hmm. But it's ultimately the faith that saves us, not the relic itself. So Yeah, so I, I don't quite understand this from, from the catechism. So by them, sacramentals, men are disposed to receive the chief effect of the sacraments and various occasions in life are rendered holy. So like, for example, one of the sacramentals is blessing things. So as a priest, I've blessed cars. I've blessed a karate studio. Um, tomorrow, I'm probably going to go bless a, a deli. So so that, that makes these ordinary activities holier. And it just kind of reminds us, okay, we're... 
that this can be holy, this ordinary thing. But also, I mean, like in the same way that I mean, you can you can celebrate mass and receive Eucharist anywhere. But there's something about entering a beautiful cathedral and hearing beautiful music and smelling beautiful incense that sort of disposes you to receive the Eucharist with with a proper disposition. I mean, sure. You know, I mean, our, I think our faith really does deal with with tangible things. And our Lord chose to be incarnated for a reason. So I think in that way, like these sort of physical reminders of the faith. I can remember when I was in um, Italy, I saw, I think it was uh, St. Catherine of Siena was an incorruptible. Is that, do I have that right? Um, Sounds right. Whoever, whoever it was, was an incorruptible saint. And it's just seeing um, her body preserved after death. And it's a physical reminder of the grace of God. Mm. Right? In a way that hearing about it, thinking about it, uh, you know, it's good too. But physically, dispo- you know, seeing it, I think sort of changes your frame of reference about it. Yeah. Well, like I know St. Bernadette is incorruptible. I mean... That is so profound, right? To see an entire human body perfectly preserved, looking as young and beautiful as the day she died, and she smells like roses, I believe, right? And sounds about right, yeah. Science can't explain this, you know. And then you go, and yet still, people don't believe in God. Mm. Yeah, they don't know about her, I guess, and these other saints. Yeah. So do you use do you use things like holy water? Do you have any in your house? I do have it in my house. I don't use it. Hmm. Maybe I should. You should. You did bless my car with holy water. So did I bless your car? You did. I didn't remember that. You did. It's been pretty good so far. Good. <laughs> so if we have holy water in our homes, are you saying we should sprinkle it around like frequently? I think you should make the sign of the cross with it okay. as, as you do in mass. Okay. So just oh. do that like daily or? Sure. Okay. Sign of the cross is a prayer itself. So I bless myself with holy water with a friend who was Protestant who was with me recently and he was like why do you do that to like ward off the vampires <laughs> and I was like well if vampires were real it would do that but but no <laughs> but I don't know why do we do that just to bless ourselves I mean is it a protection what's your guys answer first well the the sign of the cross is a reminder of our, of our baptismal uh, promise in some ways right right I mean, it's the same words that you're baptized with right I baptize you in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Spirit then you bless yourself again especially with holy water sort of almost like mm. a, a really physical reminder of your baptism right mm-hmm. yeah that's good makes sense because all... I've always done it you know I don't even think about it yeah yeah no I think it goes right back to the sacraments and sacramental power. Because that's, that's the difference between the sacraments and sacramentals. Sacraments have power within themselves. Right, like, to give you grace. Yeah, even if you're a baby, you still get tons of grace from you know, the sacraments. If you're unconscious, you still get, even for anointing of the sick, you still get grace. But that's not the case with sacramentals. They don't give grace automatically. Like They remind us and kind of open us to seeking grace on our own. Kind of an important distinction. So do you guys have any relics or... And, and what sacramentals, what sacramentals like should you have or do you need or want in your life more than what you currently have? And what should every young adult have? That was a lot of questions. <laughs> Just threw that out there. That's a good question. Well, I mean, what should every young should adult have, have in their house? A cross for sure. Definitely. Good reminder, you know, um, about Jesus and his sacrifice and how to live your life. Um, and then probably the rosary, right? I think most people know that we should pray, pray the rosary. And if you're like how I was most of my life, you did not want to do that and you didn't understand it. And you didn't see the benefits of it. But um, like you're saying, these things help us grow in holiness. And I, um, I think things take time too. And the more that you open yourself up or give yourself this like opportunity to grow in holiness, like you will, you yeah. know, you just have to start. So having that sacramental at least is a reminder. One sacramental that a lot of Catholics don't have is a Bible. 
at home. Or they don't know they have yeah, it. Yeah, that's important. Or they don't know they have it. Yeah. It's, it's I didn't somewhere. have a Bible for a long time either. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't. I had like my children's Bible, you know, but then I never upgraded. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe they've got their Bible app on their phone. That's possible. But I, I give people penances being like, all right, Matthew 5 you know, for your penance. And they're like, wait, uh, that's from the Bible, right? And then, like, where's the Bible? <laughs> like, you have access dude, to the internet? Dude, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's a good one. That is and good. especially a, like a learning Bible with explanatory notes. Yes, yeah. And one that is Catholic. Preferably, <laughs> yeah. What sacramentals do you guys recommend? They're just kind of like I feel like I'm repeating, but crucifix and yeah, Bible. <laughs> I mean, and past the ones that were already mentioned, I would just say like more than which ones you should have. You should, I think you should have one that you're going to use. Like, I, I think it can be easy to like sort of collect these things like Pokemon cards, right? <laughs> and like well, I'm going to use this for this and this and this for that. But like, no, develop a devotion to one sacramental and the one saint you know through you know whom you access through it. Mm. I think that I think that that would be a good way to start. I think you know, I think depth as opposed to breadth would be really important. Yes, that's true. It doesn't do you any good spiritually to just have it or even to just wear it unless it means something goes deep that's awesome well thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Restless you can find us on Veritas Catholic Network 1350 AM my challenge for you is to use the sacramentals in your life maybe you need to get a crucifix maybe you need to get a little cross to wear around your neck or maybe a bumper sticker to stick on the back of your car but whatever it is use a sacramental and open yourself to the grace that's there Tune in next time to Restless as we dive deeper into our Catholic faith. Have a great night.